سلام خوش آمدید مرحبا اهلا و سهلا اناشنکا خوان یغمیدا سلام علیکم شراغلاد اولام بینوینیدوس زدراستوتی دبرو پاجالوت هلو ویلکم تو اور پادکاست دی ال آی اف ال سی لینگو I'm here in the recording studio talking with four DLI students, one from each branch. There's Air Force Airman First Class Tanner Cope, Army Specialist Nafisa Kabir, Marine Lance Corporal Joseph Villalobos, and from the Navy CTI Chris Moyer. We're doing a podcast series on getting to know DLI. Each episode, I'm interviewing a different group of people to give you an idea of what it's like to live and work here in Monterey. I am Specialist Nafisa Kabir. I am about to turn 24 next month. I'm in the Army, and I'm from Miami most recently, you could say. That's where my parents have a house. That's where my husband and I have lived for a little bit now. Um, but I've really lived all over the United States, and I don't really call any place home unless my parents are there, I guess, because that's where I know I can always, like, fly home to. And so that's why I say I'm from Miami. Okay. So how long have you been at DLI? I have been at DLI, gosh, I don't know. I think I got here either like late June or early July or maybe not. <laughs> Something like that. So, I don't know, like six, seven, eight, nine, nine-ish months now, okay. presumably. <laughs> and you've been in school that whole time? So like that minus a month, I guess. So eight months. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, time here flies super weirdly because like when you're in class, it's, super the days are long but the days are also super short but the weeks are shorter but they're also super long I don't know <laughs> you know it's funny actually Tanner was just talking about that so Tanner go ahead um tell me about yourself uh yeah I'm A1C Tanner Cope uh, I'm from Fort Walton Beach Florida um I got here at DLI uh late September of last year so about six months um but I'm only four, uh, 15 weeks into class, so next week I'll be a quarter of the way through my program. And yeah, she's absolutely right. Um, it's somehow like standing still and flying by at the same time, uh, and you never have enough time to do anything. Chris, you finished, right? So tell me about yourself. Yeah, I'm Seaman Chris Moyer. I started class originally in May of 2020. 2020? Yeah end of May. Um, I graduated. I passed. I actually just picked up my associates right before I came here. Nice. So that's cool. And yeah, just, just like them, it's been forever. At least it feels that way. Okay. And Joseph, tell me about yourself. Yep. So um, I'm Lance Corporal Joseph Villalobos. I've been at DLI since 2021 of April, but I didn't start class until the end of May. Um, same thing, I'm graduating at the end of May, so I've only got about nine weeks left till the DOPT, which is pretty nerve-wracking, but just got to stay calm, grind through. Um, definitely, like she was saying, like the weeks, that, that's like kind of what I judge time by. I'm like, oh, I just got to make it to Friday, I just got to make it to Friday. And then you kind of look back and you're like, oh, man, I've already been through like 40 Fridays, like, but it feels like nothing. <laughs> but you look back and you're like, I've done so much. But, I mean, it also kind of applies to the language. You're like, have I really learned anything? And then it's like you'll wake up and be like, "What do I even know this? And then you go to class and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of know this. 
Actually, that leads to another question because um, we, we were talking about imposter syndrome. Mm. So is that, I mean, do you know what that is? Yeah. Is it almost like you're acting? Yeah, 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 your okay. answer was good too. Okay, so tell me what you think. Honestly, I feel like every day I wake up and I'm putting on a costume. I just happen to call it like my <laughs> duty day uniform, right? And I, I go to class and I'm doing all these little things and it just doesn't feel real. I feel like it's not real to me yet, but I'm like, this is a career. I still feel like I'm still in college or something because it, it, it's like college here, right? And so the fact that I have a title of soldier, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the imposter syndrome, I think, is definitely there because, um, I don't know, it, it, every day I wake up and I'm learning something. And I think that's what makes, you know, this place super unique. It's because it's not like any other duty station or any other training center. It's it's a college you know, it's the military liberal arts college. That's what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just, I don't, it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm serving my country in any meaningful way sometimes because, you know, I'm, I'm just here learning a language. But I guess at the end of the day, we're doing something important. And I'm in this, like, in-between where I don't know if I'm really a soldier, if I'm still in a civilian kind of mentality. Because, again, I... It's a language. I'm in school eight hours a day, you know? Yeah, until you get to the real army. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like this interim stage where, yeah, I totally feel like I'm just putting on an act every day. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tanner? The um, What was the imposter syndrome? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, just like the nature of what we do here, um, it can be very surreal, and it can make you really wonder, like, do I belong here? And uh also, I think, you know, we come in contact with so many just, like, incredible people here. Like, I think everybody here was probably the smartest person in their hometown, right? And um, whether it's, like, you know, your friends or peers or leadership or graduates or, you know, you see the Hall of Fame and ISO Library, and there's just, like, so many incredible people that have come through here, and you're like, is this, am I here too? Like, they let me... They let me do this. I mean, sometimes, you know, those thoughts go through your mind. Um, and, yeah, I think also, like, the intensity of the program, too. Like, it can make you feel swamped and make you feel like you just have no idea what's going on sometimes. So Yeah. <laughs> and, Chris, you finished. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe the imposter syndrome thing more so for me is in regards to the military, kind of like how she was saying. Uh, just because in the past I never imagined myself being in the military. It was just something that, based on a series of events, led me here. Um, although, when I knew I was going into this rate, I was very much thinking to myself all the time, like, I didn't imagine myself being able to know this language. Like, that was just, seemed like, like not feasible, you know? Um, but I passed, and I'm here. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. accomplishment. How about you, Joseph? So I think the imposter syndrome to me not only applies to a student, but especially being a Marine, because Marines are known as, like, warfighters. So like you said, I'm in here sitting in class eight hours a day, kind of <laughs> playing the role as a civilian, right, going to college. Right. But then I'm going to formations and afterwards and screaming kill and going on these, like, <laughs> type of maneuvers where exactly. I'm, like, with a rifle and, like, kicking indoors and stuff, so... It feels like a it's, game. Yeah, it's, like, two alter egos that I have to do both the best of my ability to at the same time, so it, it's definitely quite strange, but you adapt to it, of course, adapt and overcome, and 
you get used to it. So I have to ask you, I was um, I was working with a Marine uh, in my last job, and he would sometimes get these, like, he just couldn't sit still, like he was done, you know, so he'd pull out his knife and he'd be, like, showing me how McMap works and all these other moves. Do you, do you get like that in, during the day in class? I definitely get really antsy, like I always just move around. Um, I, it's kind of a good thing because, you know, it keeps you awake, so you're always paying attention. But it's also a bad thing where it's like, like you said, if you need to sit down and focus on something, it can be kind of bad. I don't think that's all Marines necessarily, but um, I think it's just knowing that you have to always have something in your mind so you're never getting caught being out of the loop type of thing. Yeah, always focused. Okay. So let's talk about what you guys have binged because I'm super interested in um, the different things that you've talked about. So, Chris, tell me what uh, the most recent thing that you binge watched. So, like I said earlier, I got hurt while I was here. And I so I broke my leg and my ankle, and I had a couple surgeries, and so I was kind of stuck in my room because they told me I couldn't walk for four months, and I was doing class still, so I stayed in class. And when this happened, I started watching Game of Thrones, and that show, I could not put it down. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching it, and I was like, wow, this is like the best show I've ever seen. Okay. And I was just blown away, at least up until season eight. And then season eight, <laughs> I watched that, and I was just angry. <laughs> like, all that character building for seven seasons just for them to destroy it. Season eight, I was so mad. Yeah. You should but have asked. I could have told you when to stop. People, so people, like, I, I, I talked to people about it, you know, and they told me that it was going to be terrible, but I'm one of those guys who can't just, like, can't like stop. just I can't put it down and then just be like, oh, I, I'm not going to watch what happens, you know? I just spent seven seasons watching. I got to see how they destroy this. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> how would you, Joseph? So I don't have a lot of time, on the other hand. Um, but every now and then I'll watch, like, one episode of, like, what I binge-watched last was Demon Slayer. It's an anime, and I know, like, I was not... I, I thought anime was like, oh, that's nerdy. I'm not going to be a weeb, like, all this type of stuff. And I was <laughs> oh like, there's a reason why so many people like it, so I might as well give it a shot. And, like, I dove into it head first and like I literally got hooked not to all of them of course but just Demon Slayer I guess so like I would get off class and like watch one episode and then I'd find myself watching like okay maybe one more and then I'll have to be like alright now I gotta do my homework I gotta put this down um, but I just finished the last season and now I don't think there's gonna be another one for like two years or something like that um, so that's kind of disappointing but um, yeah I don't, I don't watch too much TV but that's all I could say I have been watched were you able to watch Demon Slayer in your language target language Unfortunately, no. Um, be so my language doesn't have a lot of kind of subs or dubs, anything like that, um, just because it's not as popular as, like, some of the other languages are, I guess. Um, so I, I just had to watch it in Japanese. But So is that the only, like, anime you watch? No. So I've watched some of the other, really, like, really popular ones. But I, I tend to stick to shorter ones because I don't want to yeah. get into something like, Naruto and have to watch 900 episodes because yeah. and, and like nothing happens like I've it's seen all the that same three times <laughs> yeah so you I've seen so Death good. Note I it's have pretty so. sure I that was the first anime I ever watched Insane. and I I was like you I I've been hating on my husband for it for years I was like no but during COVID he was like just do it I was like okay fine oh my gosh it was so good I got it's my crazy. dad watching it yeah. <laughs> it was intense it's <laughs> only it's only 32 episodes yeah. so like it's I didn't think really it would be good. that good but I've I've seen One Punch Man Death Note. Um, and then Demon Slayer now. All right, but. recommendation. Attack on Titan. Yeah, I've, it's I've so seen that. Long. 100%. Isn't it, like, super long? It's only four seasons. Okay. It's yeah, not that long, it's though. Not that bad. 
It's super. It's they're still like they're coming out with the episodes weekly every Sunday right now, mm-hmm. and it's the final final season. Oh, okay. And it's just insane. <laughs> like, yeah. it is so good. One hundred percent, ten out of ten. Recommend. That's yeah. the worst feeling though. Not even with just anime, but like when they're releasing episodes in a TV show, yeah. And they leave you on a cliffhanger, and you're oh, like, yeah. "No, nah, I gotta wait an entire week." Yeah, for sure. But it's kind of a good thing at DLI because then you can look forward. You're like, "Oh, I just gotta." Like I said, you gotta make it to Friday. It's like, "No, nah, I just gotta make it to this Demon Slayer episode where Chandro's gonna slay this dude or whatever." But. Have a tuna pizza. What was yours? Um. Okay. So like literally yesterday. I watched the entire first season of Euphoria, which I was honestly not going to watch because I've been hearing people, like, say things about it. I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person to be watching something like that. But I watched it, and I had the exact reaction I thought I would, which was not a great reaction, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But it was really good. And I was going to watch, start watching season two, and my husband texted me, don't you dare start without me. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then another show that it's... Like releasing, so it released the first three episodes all at once, and then I was like, nah, the rest of it's a teaser, right? But I started watching The Dropout about, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Like Elizabeth something, who just, compl- she was like the world's youngest female billionaire one year, and then completely like negative um, net worth next year. But it's a crazy story. And so I started watching that, and it's really good. The acting is super weird. I love it. <laughs> it really is. It's is bizarre. This I've heard so no? much. Huh? This is an anime, is it? No, no, no. no. This uh, is like a true story. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, the girl that plays it, what's her name? The actor, I don't know. But she she's done like a lot of stuff. But she's just bizarre in mm-hmm. this. Sh- like she, I don't even know. Like if I ever see her in anything else, I'm not gonna be able to take her seriously at all. Yeah. <laughs> More bizarre than Euphoria. Because I feel oh, like that's like like a... Euphoria's acting is like on point though. Like they're playing a role yeah. and you like know their role and they're all kind of psychotic in their own little ways, right? Yeah. But like so in the is dropout, she like, the, like the Mark Zuckerberg, like yeah, billionaire kind of kind of yeah, kind of like that. But so like she she started this biomedical engineering company based on a fraud. Like it's completely fraud. She's absolutely like oh, is this crazy? A blonde? She's blonde. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. in. Uh... Um, Ozark. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Know, I don't know her. Real and name. she is just ridiculous. Like her acting in this. Like she embodied this absolutely like neurotic woman, right? And I'm like, this is a normal person. Like she yeah. has done so many other shows and movies. And she's, she's a good actress. Incredible. Yeah. And I'm like watching this. I'm like, this is probably the craziest. Like, not like actor, but like character I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly how she was in real life. Not not the actor, but the person she's portraying, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And I'm like, this is like, and it makes you feel like euphoria makes you feel things because they're literally putting graphic scenes in front of your face. Yeah, it's, right. It's crazy. But like in the dropout, the way that everything is like manufactured, mm-hmm. like the narrative, the way they're telling it, it just makes you uncomfortable. Like in general, it makes you uncomfortable. You're like, what is she doing? Why? <laughs> it's really good. Speaking of uh, uncomfortable shows, Tanner. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So I found out. Uh, about two weeks ago, um, I guess going back, I definitely agree with uh, Lance Corporal Villalobos over here that, like, you almost never have time for TV mm-hmm. here because um, it's basically, like, the, the easiest way to waste a ton of time yeah. there is. So I try to avoid it as I can, but uh, I found out my girlfriend had never seen Tiger King. And that just, we couldn't, you know. Unacceptable. Wouldn't have been able to keep on with the relationship if that didn't change. It's a pop culture issue. So, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I've just... I've never seen, I, I think, like, any piece of media so crazy, like, much less a true story than Tiger King. Mm-hmm. Just, like, and it's super well done the way everything gets exposed to you and all, you start meeting all these insane people that are, like, so larger than life and have this crazy career <laughs> and, like, they're so, you know, there's, it follows the three, like, tiger kings of you know the world right and then uh you see how like they're all different but they're all kind of the same because they're all crazy people with tigers and (laughs) um i don't want to spoil it but um he is in jail now so (laughs) it's like a year it's uh, been long enough (laughs) yeah so no it's it's an excellent show um, super entertaining. That came out in the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yes. Like everybody was wearing leopard print everything at that point. Well, and so. I think, I mean, okay, you can call me crazy. I think this would be remembered as like a cultural phenomenon. Because, <laughs> absolutely. Why? I mean, it was like a mix. I can see what you're talking about. Because there was like a criminal aspect in it too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the lady... Yeah, there's yeah, kind of like, like a murder mystery wrapped up in yeah. it. She allegedly killed her husband. Yeah. By which I mean definitely killed her husband. <laughs> Fed him to the cats. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fed him to the tigers. Um, but yeah, no, like, if you can bring yourself back, like I know we're like maskless now and there's like World War Three, so we're not worried about <laughs> COVID anymore. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Like, bring yourself back to, like, what was it, March or April 2020? Yeah. Or I think maybe it came out in May. I don't remember. But it's, like, everything you'd seen on TV for the last, as long as you could remember, was COVID-related or, you know, like, oh, we're out of toilet paper. And, like, <laughs> like there was no, there was nothing going on besides, you know, worrying about am I going to have a job or like am I going to have toilet paper like what's going on with this disease like what's where did it come from and then like all of a sudden this show came out and it was just such a wonderful escape from like the horrors of COVID at the time that I don't know I think it had a huge impact on like our culture in that way because people weren't so afraid to go in quarantine because that just means that they get more time to watch Tiger King. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's back when I, I was like, oh, this is a great respite. And yeah. then here we are. No, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely saved lives. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you're getting paid unemployment while watching Tiger King. What, else? <laughs> what, better, what better world is there? Uh, okay, Chris. Um, so let's talk about um, the best or most important thing you've learned at DLI. Um, I guess probably just that, um, if I continue to put my effort into trying to do something or achieve something that I most definitely can. And I learned that through, through a lot of, uh, hardships that happened to me since I've been here. Um, which a lot of them were just ridiculous. My leg and ankle being one of them, but I guess I'd like like I said, like, um, if I really want to achieve something, no matter, like, how difficult it gets, I, I can do it. And I think that was really relieving for me because I did want to give up a couple times just because of everything. And I was almost at my breaking point, but 
I just kept thinking if I can just overcome this situation and get to the end and pass, uh, I think I would be really proud of myself and just know for myself, for the future even, if there's something, no matter how difficult I continue at, I can do it. And that was really important for me. So, okay. Joseph? Um, I'd say time management. Because if you don't know what you're doing with your time, at DLI especially, you're, A, not going to pass, and you're just going to become <clears throat> worse and not benefit yourself. So, like, one quote I live by, it's not necessarily time management in this aspect, but when you're here, you're constantly improving yourself, whether especially as a Marine, like, physically, mentally, like, ev every way you can think of. So, um, it's like, what a disgrace it is for a man to never be able to see the beauty and strength his body is capable um, so basically, like, if you're not pushing yourself every day and striving to become a better person, whether it's in your language or at the gym or running or w whatever your hobbies might be, um, like, you, you have one life and you're kind of throwing it away. So I'd say that's um, pushing myself is definitely what I've learned on top of time management, of course. How about you, Nafisa? Piggybacking off the whole time management thing. Uh, before I came here, I was, like, neurotically reading reviews on Reddit as if that was going to help me at all. But <laughs> um, I just wanted to, like, know what I was getting myself into. And the biggest thing that they said was, like, oh, you're going to have to schedule time to spend with your family. Otherwise, you simply will not. Right? And I was like, there's no way. Like, I love my husband. How am I going to just, like, throw him to the woods? Right? No. They were so right. Because... There's, like, days where I'm so engrossed in my studies or I'm so stressed over one project or another or something that, like, my marriage is the absolute last thing on my mind. Not saying I, I don't care, you know, like, I do care. I just absolutely do not have time. And so if we don't schedule time to, like, have date nights or even eat dinner together, like, do something together, it's not going to happen. Absolutely not, because there's a million other things that are going on all the time. And... I think part of it is because I, I did go from having, like, only one responsibility, which was college, going straight into this, which is college plus extra steps, right? <laughs> um, there's just so much more that goes into it, and I have to actively go from, okay, I need to do my homework, but I also need to study what has already been done because it's a language. It just builds up on each other, right? To, okay, I should actually work out if I want to pass my PT test. To, you know, I actually don't want to get a divorce, so I probably should go on a date with my husband, like, pretty soon. You know, and just juggling all of that and then other, like, student leadership positions and everything, I feel like an energizer bunny. But because I've been forced into some sort of, like, time management studies, honestly, I should get another associates in, like, time management. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one thing that I've had to learn, like, by necessity, so. Yeah. I have it too, Tana. Yeah, time management is huge, um, but one thing that's really stuck with me was something our group chief said to us on our, uh, like, during one of our impro briefings, uh, where he said, like, in order to get through this program, you have to check your ego at the door. And I guess he meant just, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, don't be afraid to be wrong. I mean, like, learning a language, you have to start out as basically an infant, right? And you're, like, babbling and learning an alphabet again, <laughs> and you feel really dumb. And when you say stuff wrong in class, you know, like, you, you have to be willing, like, outgoing enough to, like, do that to be able to learn from your mistakes. And, 
Yeah, also just being able to say like, oh, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need to get a tutor or I need to work harder, whatever it may be. So, yeah, check your ego at the door. You know, so along those lines, um, so Joseph, let's say um, there's a new, someone who's thinking about going into uh, languages. What would you say to them? To us some, coming here, excuse me. What would you say to them? In terms of like how to prepare themselves? Yeah. So, obviously, I'm not going to say time management again. We've been harping on it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, say it again. It's important. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most important things you're ever going to do. But I'd say knowing that whatever is going to come at you here is going to pass. Like something for me is like knowing if you have a big unit test coming up or the, the DOPT, like knowing you have a year to a year and a half to learn this language and you can just fail this one test at the end and then it's all over, nothing happens, you get reclassed, you're a different job, whatever. That's definitely intimidating and it gets a lot of people. So you just have to look at it like baby steps, kind of like you were saying, you are like treat yourself like a baby in this step. Like you're just going, you got to walk first or you got to crawl first and then you walk and then you run. Like don't worry about what's going to come in the future. Worry about what's in front of you because it, it gets very overwhelming and, and you will burn yourself out. Chris, do you have any advice for potential student? Yeah, to kind of go somewhat along with what he's saying. Uh, for me, what I noticed from myself, as well as my classmates from experience, one of the biggest things as well as, well as time management is learning how to deal with your stress. Because so many times I'll see somebody who's in class and they're really good at the language and uh, you see them do well in class, they strive in, cl strive in class, and you get, they get to a test, and they're so stressed about a test, and their nerves and uh, anxiety is so high that, you know, they're listening to something, and they don't hear the first 30 seconds because they're just so worried about not hearing it, and then they end up making it like, um, like self-fulfilling prophecy type thing, you know? But that is super key I think is learning how to deal with your stress because for me when I first started before um, I would be super stressed on the test especially ICPTs where I would be that person who would go in listening and then I'd be like oh wait we only had one listen for the level ones and then I missed it I don't know what I heard and then I wouldn't do as well and then actually after I got hurt I kind of cared less that might have been because of the medicine I was on. <laughs> but then I would go into tests, and I would be like, all right, I'm just going to take this test, whatever. And then I, that's when I started, my grades started getting way better. I started getting, like, A's on all my tests. And I was like, okay, like, I got this. I'm just too stressed on these tests. So definitely I think if you can calm those nerves and figure out a way to deal with it and not make it more difficult for yourself, that's really key in being successful here as well. Okay. How about you, Tanner? Um, yeah, I guess one of the big things I did coming through, because we have, um, you know, so much time. I mean, I, I know the other branches do some too, particularly in the Air Force. I mean, I had about like a month and a half of just like, this is what it's going to be like. This is what you have to do. This is what people have gone through before. And I was just like, oh, none of that's going to apply to me. <laughs> of course. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess it can seem, you know, kind of like hokey and hand wavy while you're going through it, but you actually get a lot of really great advice. Um, even if it doesn't seem like it at the time through CPC and ILS and those kind of things. Um, 
So yeah, um, listen to people's advice, uh, I guess. Um, but another, uh, going back to what they said, um, I think one of the best things you can do, um, like before a test, like they were saying, um, is just take the night off. Like, I have gotten the best grades on tests when I just do something I enjoy, go to bed early, you know, you know, get a good night's sleep and just go in like not stressed out. And I mean, you're not going to cram for something you've sp- you've were meant to be studying for three weeks for, you know, you're not going to make that drastic of a change overnight. So you might as well just chill. <laughs> Very good point. Excellent. Nafisa? Um, it's a great question. I've been like listening to you guys say all that and I'm like yeah I agree I don't know what to add I mean going off of what you said like letting your brain rest right coming from a like psychological standpoint the way your brain works the way it builds neurons and things like that is from like digesting information so if you're constantly like fire hosing your brain it's not going to retain really anything because it's you're not giving it time to like relax and like build those like new connections whatever and so I guess one thing in addition to, like, giving your brain rest between, you know, cramming sessions and things like that, like, taking care of yourself. Um, it's also, going back to what you said about ego, I know, like, normally a 93 is not a B, right? In my course, a 93 is a B. I think that was, like, the first B I've ever gotten. And, <laughs> I, like, I completely lost, like, I, I was like, what? No. You know? And it was, like, a it hurt, like, my ego, and it kind of made me doubt my abilities in this course, and that was, like, the alphabet, like, when we were just, like, learning the basics, I was like, wow, I suck, right, but it's about, no, I'm actually just an infant, like, an infant's not going to write a grad paper in target language, (laughs) you know, Um, and so it's just about willing to know that it's a process, and it's going to happen, and everything's set in stone, all you got to do is just be there, you know, that's really funny you bring that up because one of the <laughs> metrics I used to use to keep myself motivated was saying, you know, like, all right, well, I'm in the third week of class. I can say much more than a three week old <laughs> target language speaker could. So right. I must be doing good <laughs> or saying that, like, this is it, it's kind of the same thing, but not really. But it's like I always tell myself that somebody else has done this. So if somebody else can do this, then I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference between someone else and me if I just put out just as much as they did? Yeah. And I feel like here, at least, like, there are definitely curriculums set in place. Like, we're, like you said, we're absolutely not the first ones to go through this. Like, what well, we've been in business for so long now, like, absolute decades. How many graduates has, has there been from DLI? So people coming in, turning out languages left and right. And so me being here, fretting over a B, which, on, like, in any other <laughs> grade would not be a B. It's so inconsequential, especially since, like, every week, it's actually astounding to me when you think about it. Like, you came in here, or I know I did, not knowing a single thing, right? And here I am, and I'll, like, just look at something and, like, translate in my head, like, automatically sometimes. And I'm like, wow, I do be speaking another language. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's like exponent. And it doesn't even matter the grade sometimes. It's just the fact that you are constantly learning. Even when you don't think you are, just being in class, just going through the motions, your brain's like, yep, I got this. You know, and just having the faith in yourself to know that 
yeah, like absolutely you can do it. Because like you said, there's no difference between you and anyone else. And that's what makes DLI hard is you can be a perfect 4-0 student, yeah. be a rock star at the course, pass the course, like easy, right? But then you get to the DOPT and like, so what? You get all A's, you still fail. You know, yeah. you don't get that 2-2-1 plus and then you're gone. Like it, it doesn't matter. You still don't get the the degree, so vice versa though too. Exactly. I've seen people. I had a buddy in a language, and I think his GPA might have just been the curriculum, but his GPA was like a two point one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He GPA DLPT and he passed. Because <laughs> some people are just good test takers, yeah. and other people like they can read the language, but they're just not good yeah. test takers. Like you were saying with the whole anxiety and nervous thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing I could say, like you were saying is utilize your peers. You were saying that um, everyone is, like, telling you what to do. You have about a month before you actually pick up your language. You have a Other great, people, like, tutoring program in the Marine Corps, yes, right? Yes, we like, do. It's also a requirement for your, your unit or yeah. however that works. So when we first get here, we have to do four hours a week of just tutoring on top of class. Um, and that's mainly because the Marine Corps is so small here. There's only, like, a little bit above 200 people, which is, like, crazy because there's, oh, like, wow. like 3,000 people in the Army or, like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. know how many people there, but... <laughs> like, so, like, there's I walk, in my company. I walk into the barracks and, like, I know everybody by name when I see their face. So, like, just yeah. being that close to everyone, it really lets you... It makes you realize that you're not alone and you have friends here, and that's the biggest part of DLI is making friends because you're going to drive yourself insane if you just sit in your room all day and study, 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 and don't yeah. go out, Have spend some time with friends. Yeah. It's, people are here for you at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is one of the biggest career changes or just changes in my life I've ever been through because kind of growing up, um, I was never, like, the best student. I, I was super good in, like, all the way up to, like, middle high school, like, sophomore year. I was in, like, all honors, all A's, and actually, like, applying myself. But then I, I don't know if it was just my family or what happened, but, like, I just went into this, like, depressed down phase, and in junior and senior year, I just kind of, like, gave up and burnt out, and so, like, I ended up, like, dropping out of high school and going online and, like, doing my own thing, and I didn't know what I was doing in my life. I was just working at, like, Dairy Queen, you know, um, just kind of floating around, just seeing what life had to offer, and I was, like, one day I was just, like, I'm going to just change my life. I'm going to do something, and so I went to the Marine Corps recruiter, and I was, like, what, what are you, like, what, do you, what can you guys do, um, and so then... I took the ASVAB, blah, blah, blah. He sent me to MEPS, and I went. I didn't even know I was going to be a linguist until I went to boot camp. I remember, like, the intel lady just came up, and she was like, oh, that's your D-Lab score? And, like, whispered, and she was like, you're going to be a linguist. And I was like, <laughs> she was just like, good luck, and walked away. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I find out. I'm over here asking all my drone instructors. I'm like, what is Monterey? Like, what, what is this place? And they're like, I don't know. Get out of my face. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just find out then. But, like, it, it's just crazy how you can think. One of the quotes I live by, another one, is, like, perspective is everything. So if you think you're not going to go anywhere in life and you're just going to sit there and feel bad for yourself, just, like, kind of zoom out and realize where you are and that you can change no matter where you're at. I mean, like, coming from a person who dropped out of high school in, like, one of the hardest language courses in the world, like, it's, it's just crazy to think how far I've come. Absolutely. Kudos to you. It's a really big deal. It is. Okay, give me a rundown of uh, what brought you into DLI. So I actually, I went to college um, in Ohio to be, uh, it was like an automotive school, studied automotive and high performance. Um, And I've like worked with race teams and uh, worked at shops, car dealerships, new, used, whatever. 
Um, I really liked that. Um, during the pandemic, a lot of that industry kind of dried up a lot. Um, and I had kind of decided this was not like a forever type job. Like it's very, I mean, not that the military isn't. Actually, now that I mention it, I don't know what I was thinking, but, you know, it's very, like, that job in particular is very hard on your body, um, like, hearing loss is super common, respiratory things super common, like, it's just not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life, um, and kind of similar to your story, uh, I went into the recruiter, took some tests, and they said, hey, this job's gonna be great, uh, which my my preference overall, I wanted a aircrew job, like I wanted to fly, knew I couldn't see well enough to be a pilot, so it was like the next best thing, um, and put on a bunch of aircrew jobs. I didn't even have any clue what the airborne linguist job was. Um, I took the worst test of my entire life at uh, a MEP station in Montgomery. Um, I remember I told, like, the the uh, Air Force liaison there, like, I feel like I just put my bl- brain in a blender. Like, I don't, yeah, it was it was awful. Um, but I guess, that? yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the most, like, absurd thing you'll ever do in your life. Um, but, yeah, I guess I did good on it. And then, um, yeah, and I, like, I don't know. I guess I kind of find out, found out about the linguist thing after the fact. But now that I'm here, like I think it's one of the coolest jobs in the military overall. And I don't know. You know, you just see like some of the opportunities you can get through this program, and it's crazy. Okay, so Chris, uh, tell me how you got into DLI. Um, similar situation with not really knowing what's going on with my job. Uh, it's crazy. It's like <laughs> the entire military. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and, you know, most of the time I, I noticed you were saying something similar. Like, I would ask people and they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. I don't know. But, um... It's a rare field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, like I said earlier, I didn't really imagine myself in the military. But I, I, when I went to the recruiter, I just wanted to, like you, get myself in a better situation and get myself um, started on a better track, on a better path. And so I went to the recruiter. I took the practice ASFAB. She's like, okay, you did pretty good. Let's do the ASFAB. I did that. She's like, all right, you pretty much qualify for all jobs. Uh, Here's this one. I was reading through them, and it's like stuck out to me because I knew it had something to do with language, but they were like, oh, I don't know like anything more than you learn a language. I was like, oh, okay, and, like, and it's in California at Monterey. I was like, wait, I've lived in California my whole life and I've never heard of this place. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, but it's in California, close to home. Okay, let's do it. And so then I took the D-Lab 2 and I also was like halfway through, I'm like, all right, I don't even know what this is. I'm just going to start clicking stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I did really well on that and my recruiter was surprised because I guess it's hard for people very yeah and um so i came here and uh, i started doing it and the more i more i learned about it and what i'm going to be doing i also was started to think wow like this is one of the probably coolest jobs i could have picked and i don't think i would have wanted to do a different job because who how many people could say 
they come here in the military learning a new language which to me is already really cool i want to learn more actually because there's opens up so much more of the world to you when you do that you learn a new language and you get paid to do it How and a bonus learn? afterwards and you get a bonus <laughs> and you even get like opportunities to work with like crazy things like the nsa like yeah, yeah i yeah. remember thinking as a kid like oh well, those guys are the big guys and yeah. then like they're like watching the people i'm working with are like in the nsa or, like yeah. some crazy stuff like that and i'm like this is Pretty crazy cool. it's like snowden you ever seen that movie? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would just like to note for like whoever is listening to this the kind of questions that the b-lab has real quick you're given gibberish an audio that's literally gibberish it does not exist and you're asked to um, decipher the grammar structure. It's made up. That is the question. Yeah. Right? Here is gibberish. What is the grammar structure? I don't know. <laughs> I it's, have no it's, idea. It's quite literally like they made up their own form. Yeah, of like it literally is. It's a completely made up language. There's like no study assistance because you literally, eat, there's no physical way for you to study for this test. Yeah. Like it, it, it gauges your quote unquote innate ability to pick up languages, whatever that means. Right? Off the fly though. There's, yeah. a, there's a D-Lab for dummies out there. My friend studied for it, and he got, like, a 140-something. And I was like, I didn't know you could study for this. I just got sent in there. But yeah, I actually I, just recently Actually, found out. I yeah. didn't know. Because I took my ASVAB, and literally the same day, they're like, all right, yeah, so you're just going to go to the hotel right from here, back to MEPS tomorrow, you're taking the D-Lab. I was like, Because that's usually what okay. it is. But yeah. I guess he got insight from someone else, and so he was I don't know what go. test. I mean, I got, like, a 143 on it, too. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know why. I probably can't do it again. <laughs> you walk out of there feeling like I failed that, and then you're yeah, like, I, I did out. not I fail that. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I was even reading English like correctly. Like the questions weren't even making sense to me at the end of that. <laughs> so my favorite part was with the pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. You're reading pictures. You're like, yeah. What does it say? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What does it say? <laughs> okay, so uh, real fast, tell me uh, what got you into the military and to DLI. Okay, yeah, so um, I was graduating with my degree, and I was like, you know, as much as I love this degree that I absolutely chose after three times, you know, changing my major, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I figured I could, like, do something in the meantime, and so I was like, yeah, why don't I enlist? My parents was like, wow, you should be committed, right? <laughs> um, but I enlisted, and I actually, I knew going in that this was going to be my job, but I didn't really know what it entailed, and I did know that I was going to be getting a language, and I was like, that's cool, I guess. But coming here, I, I just, I generally think I made the best decision, because, again, it's so versatile, I can use this anywhere, anywhere. Like, whether I leave the Army or not, I can absolutely use this in future jobs. It's going on my resume, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I got in. It was just kind of... Like, I just graduated, and I was like, what should my next step be? And so here I am. 